0: Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Dick Thompson, and I serve as a shepherding deacon in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. O God, whose presence fills this place of gathering, we bow before your majesty in awe and wonder. When we consider the vast universe of your dominion, we are humbled by your attention to us. Your steadfast love and faithfulness amaze us. Your care for the lowly gives us a sense of our own dignity and worth. Send your gospel to teach us, to save us from ourselves, to lead us into all truth. Show us the tasks we can accomplish for you, and grant us the courage to reach out in your name to do them, amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
1: Will you please stand for the call to worship? Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Let us worship God. Thank you.
2: Isaiah tells us, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. With such compassionate love and grace extended to us, how can we do anything but humble ourselves before our Heavenly Father and with penitent hearts confess our sins. Let us pray. Awesome God, we are afraid to admit the many ways we have failed you. We are sinful people who forget to thank you and who delay consulting with you about the decisions we must make. We prefer the safety of familiar programs even when they are ineffective. We cling to our routines, even when they cause us to lose sight of your purposes. We are people of unclean lips, dwelling among people who deny your presence and power. O God, we fall down before you, seeking forgiveness. In Jesus' name, Amen. Sisters and brothers in Christ, hear the good news. At some time, every one of us has been lost in many different ways, but now we are indeed found, and not simply found, but rejoiced over, and cherished, and beloved. I declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You have come home. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Let us now boldly state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell And now we invite you, in the love of Christ, to turn and greet your neighbors.
1: Sorry, I just got too friendly back there, you know, shaking hands, and we'll stop that friendliness. <coughs> Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. We're so glad you're with us today. We're thankful whether you have been here in Sarasota for a long time, or whether you have come from the four corners of the world to a gray day. Um, we are glad that you're with us, and we're thankful that we can be in fellowship with one another and to be in worship and to wonder what God is doing in our lives such that we would be sent into the world uh, to bring light and that we would be bearers of the good news. So we hope that you'll find here a place where all of that can happen for you. We would love for you to fill out the friendship pads which are in the pews and uh, take note of those folks who are sitting near you. and. While mentioning that, while you're writing your name down on that uh, on the pad, we also wanna call your attention to the contact update information form that is available, I believe, in your bulletin. We would love for you to fill that out if you have a copy of that before you. Make sure to give us your most current information, and especially the communications survey that's on the back of it. All of that information is very important to us because ultimately what we're trying to do here is make sure we communicate with you in the best way possible. So your information and how we can do that will be very, very helpful. And while I'm talking about that, I encourage you to pick up the Connect Magazine, which is available at the uh, back of the sanctuary and the way out the door, grab one from an usher, and uh, that will give you the most current information about the days and weeks coming up here at Church of the Palms. We are, of course, always full of many opportunities for you to be in ministry with us and to be in fellowship with us to be in study with us so we hope that you will take advantage of that information and join us in one way or another we do have an annual our annual annual congregational meeting uh at 12 noon today so come and join us for that go out have yourself a little brunch come on back at 12 o'clock and uh, you will uh, learn during that meeting about all the great things that have happened in 2015 and also things we're dreaming about for 2016 and beyond. So we hope you'll join us for our annual meeting at 12 noon. Dmitry Todorov, one of our mission partners from Bulgaria, will be here this Wednesday and will be in the Campus Center. He and his wife are cooking up a Bulgarian feast for us So you won't want to miss that, and then we'll be telling about his uh, great work uh, in that part of the world, so we hope you will join us for that. Many of you have been hearing about our Open Palms initiative where we're looking ahead to the expansion of our campus, and you would like to maybe learn more about that. Open Palms meetings are this week. You'll note that in your schedule in the back of the bulletin on Monday afternoon at five o'clock and Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock, both in the Campus Center. We would love to have you come join us. Uh, don't even feel like you have to give us an RSVP, just come and join us and we would love to share with you about what is going on in uh, that campaign. We are also grateful for um, uh, just recently deal, uh, do, dealing with the construction out on B Ridge Road that we have uh, one of Sarasota's finest that are helping us kind of get in and out off the campus. So we're grateful for that, so just pay attention and do what he tells you to do, okay? <laughs> You also noticed in your bulletin that uh, we have one of our great servants here at Church of the Palms, Bob Nerfling, Dr. Bob Nerfling, who has been serving us so faithfully in the back of our sanctuary as an usher, is retiring today. Um, he won't, he's not retiring from Church of the Palms, but he's retiring from that role. Bob, would you come on up here for a minute Bob Nerfling has just been a faithful servant and has greeted you every Sunday as you come into this campus and has been making sure that you got to your seat uh, in the right time and order. And we're just so grateful, Bob, for your ministry to us. And Bob doesn't know, but we're just gonna give you a little certificate of appreciation for your good work for us Thank today. Yes, 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 yes.
3: your shining faces every Sunday and because my job has been very, very easy because of the dedication of my uh, ushers. Paul Getz over here has been here longer than I have. He's been here every (laughs) Sunday. Susan McKinnon over here has been here for many, many years. She uh, dates back to Miss Betty and when Don could not m- serve any longer, she took <coughs> over and has been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Bob and Edith up here have been longtime members, as has Fran Dennison. And God bless you, folks. Mm-hmm. Over here, Carol Selby. <laughs> <laughs> just been with us a few, a few months, but working with her has become a very, very wonderful experience
1: one more and one more one more, I one, more. <laughs> one
3: more love you guys thank you very much thank you
1: this man yes 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 yes
4: thank totally you, God.
1: you oh thank you Bob thank you we would love to have the Honduras mission team come forward for their commissioning They just asked if they get to speak as well, so. uh, um, But yes, we're grateful to have our Honduras mission team. Many of you know that we have been for years and years and years um, centering a part of our mission in a town called El Progreso, Honduras, um, led by Doug and Maxine Perry years ago when they began an eye clinic there. And we are so uh, grateful that as a church we have continued in this mission and continued to support not only the eye clinic but have continued to expand our mission in that particular part of the world to reach out to the children, to adults, to those who are patients of the eye clinic, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, to to show the world about what does it mean to be in partnership across uh, the continents. And so we are grateful again to continue that tradition of sending a part of our congregation again to Honduras, to El Progreso, uh, where they will be supporting not only the eye clinic, but they will be constructing Uh, for another partner there in Honduras, as well as they will be providing VBS support to elementary schools there in the area. So we're grateful that you are here before us today and uh, are taking on that great uh, opportunity to be uh, in mission. We know that it is a great sacrifice, uh, not only of your time and not only of your money, but also it's a sacrifice even of your security to get on a plane and go to another part of the world Uh, where there are great needs and great challenges and we're thankful that you have felt the call of God. You know, we believe here at Church of the Palms that we're all called by God in all many different ways and you have felt God calling in your life to take this next step and to take this journey to Honduras. So we're grateful for that. Their names are printed in your bulletin just at the end of the order of service and we uh, will call your attention to those names and we would like now to commission you as you begin and a several days from now to make your trip to Honduras and to uh, join with them in partnership in the gospel. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you have called us, each and every one of us. You have called us to places near and far. You have called us to use our many gifts. You have called us most of all to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We're grateful, Lord, that you have been at work in these people's lives, that they have felt the call to take this trip to Honduras, to El Progreso, and to come alongside of our brothers and sisters in Christ there to proclaim the good news, both in word and deed, to help construct, to be good news to children who have yet to hear the good word of Jesus Christ, and are gonna be beacons of light in all that they do while they're there. So we pray, O Lord, that you will bless them and you will keep them and that you will watch over them through their journey. We pray, Lord, that you will allow them to be instruments of your Holy Spirit. And we pray, O Lord, that as you bring them safely back to us, that they will have testimony, great stories to tell about what you are doing in the world and what you have done through them and for them as they have given their lives to you. So we pray, O Lord, that you will make them always aware that they go not alone, but they go in the deep and abiding presence of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name, amen. Would you say thank you to these people for their response? to their
4: Let us pray. Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for seeing the need, feeling the touch, hearing the prayers, and answering the petitions of your hurting people. We love, you love us all in our humanity and treat us with an abundance of your love and mercy. We give you thanks for all your grace and pledge ourselves to share the grace we have received with others in need. We particularly remember this day, those who face illness, grief, confusion, loneliness, and despair. Give your healing grace, comfort, clarity, presence, and hope, we pray. We pray for those caught in war and exploitation. In your grace, bring peace to your world, we pray. Be with those who serve the cause of peace and safeguard those serving in our military and give them a safe return, we pray. Oh God, we are grateful to be a people who bear your name and ask that you would bless us as your church in this place. Bless our ministries and mission near and far away. Bless our worship, especially even as we thank you for the vision of the Palm Center and ask you to guide us to find the resources needed, we pray. We bring our prayers spoken and unspoken to you in the name of our Lord Jesus who taught us to pray together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Now we continue to worship God through the giving of our offerings and tithings. pray O oh God who is always loving and generous to us we give you thanks for this privilege and worship to return our gratitude in these offerings accept these for expansion of your kingdom and for the benefit of all your children in Jesus name we pray amen please be seated as Lori and our children come forward for a special moment thanks me
5: Maddie, where in the have you been sitting there the whole time? <laughs> that is so great. I love that. Good morning. Oh my gosh, we are on this great journey through the Gospel of Mark and that guy writes, writes, writes. Gets us moving so fast and today there are three stories that he talks about for the lesson. And so I just grabbed the one that really talked to my heart this week. And to set you up for this story, I'm going to ask you a question. Can you think of some things that only come in pairs or like two of them at a time? Anything at all? Reese? Shoes. Shoes, excellent. Got another one? Bananas? Bananas, like a (laughs) bunch of bananas can be in pairs for sure. Batman and Batman and anyone know who goes with Batman? Davis, do you know? Boy wonder. Boy wonder. That's a really pretty accurate description of Robin. Batman and Robin. Hmm. Salt and pepper. Ooh, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Salt and pepper. All kinds of things that just go together. Gloves, mittens. Can you guys think of anything else that goes? Twins. Twins kind of go together, right? Oh, no, Cynthia, you got one. Parents. Parents. Oh, that's the best. I love that. Ketchup and mustard. Ketchup and mustard. Now you're getting it. So in Mark, hold that thought, Sydney, okay? In Mark, Jesus is getting ready to send out his disciples because he goes, you know what, we need more love and more healing out in the land. So he's got 12 disciples. He's been training them and he's been equipping them. You know what our mission statement is? equipping disciples for the service of christ so here's jesus equipping disciples for the service of him right so he's getting ready to send them out wants to make a huge impact if he sends them out one at a time he can get to 12 towns on the first day he doesn't send them out one at a time how do you think he sent out his disciples what do you think all of them at once all of them at once but they went in a certain organization in groups in groups of pairs he sent them out in pairs just like salt and pepper they went together now why do you think he would send them out in pairs why would you why would you have a buddy what is it about that that you think it would be important to go out in pairs maybe you could encourage each other what if one of you fell and got hurt you could care for the other one. Maybe you have a different gift than your buddy, so you like are even stronger. Do you have another idea? For safety and numbers. For safety, and guess what? I just think it's so much more fun. So whenever you get a chance to serve others for Christ, you go, ooh, that is gonna fill me with joy. But here's your challenge. Invite a friend invite a friend, and then you will experience great joy. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for filling us up with a love that is so big we can't keep it to ourselves. Lord, give us that courage to ask the friend to come along with us so that we can serve together in your name. Amen.
1: may be seated. Our scripture passages this morning are taken from the gospel of Mark as we have been within that gospel over the last several weeks, looking at the life of Jesus and his ministry and in his teaching and in his healing. We are in Matthew Mark five and six today, two stories that Mark places close together to perhaps make us wonder about our own lives. So hear the Word of God that comes to us from Mark chapter five, beginning at the 24th verse. And a large crowd followed Jesus and pressed in on him, and there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. And immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, "'Who touched my clothes?' And his disciples said to him, "'You see the crowd pressing in on you. "'How can you say who touched me?' He looked all around to see who had done it, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling fell down before him and told him the whole truth he said to her daughter your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed of your disease and then these words from mark chapter 6 jesus left that place and came to his hometown And his disciples followed him, and on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done in his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Hosea, and Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters also here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could not do any deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. And then he went out among the villages teaching and he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits and he ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place and if any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and they proclaimed all should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will, through your spirit and through your power, allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name, amen. It had been a long day I had awakened early in the morning and gotten into the office to get a jump on things because later in the day I knew I was traveling out of town for a meeting, and when the time did come for me to get to the airport, I quickly threw my stuff in my backpack and made off for Tampa International. I got to the plane on time, boarded and settled into my economy seat, and answered a couple of texts and emails, and when the airline hostess said it was time to shut off my cell phone and place it on airplane mode, I did as I was told. At least, I thought I did, as I was told. What I had not done, which I thought I had done, was put my phone on airplane mode. And those who travel know that if you don't put your phone on airplane mode, your phone continues to roam for a signal while you're flying through the friendly skies and promptly drains the battery in your phone. So, by the time we landed, my phone had no power. No fear, said I, when I get to my hotel room, I'll just plug it in and I will recharge it overnight and I will be fine. So, imagine my jolly feeling when I arrived in my hotel room and unpacked my backpack and found my cell phone charger, only to find that it was missing something. I was Missing the adapter. That's what you see on the front of your bulletin. (laughs) I was missing that. I had the phone. I had the wire. But I didn't have that little plug, that little adapter to access the power. I had many calls I had to make in that room. I had many emails to return. I had many texts to answer. But I did not have this little thing that was going to allow me to do all those little things. And I sat there singing kumbaya to myself. (laughs) Not. But as I sat there, the modern-day conundrum almost got me to chuckling. Almost, not quite. And the conundrum was this. Here I sat, completely surrounded by power, every wall the ceiling, the floor, head coursing through it, wattages and wattages of power, electrical outlets everywhere, and I couldn't get to it. I couldn't access it because I didn't have that stinking adapter. <laughs> my kingdom, I muttered to myself, my kingdom for an adapter. You know, the longer you spend in the world of the church, the longer you spend teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God, the more you seek to share the good news of Jesus Christ and God's grace and power, the more you realize that in this world, the amount of people who for a thousand different reasons have gotten disconnected from the very thing that surrounds them. Jesus tells us in no uncertain terms that the kingdom of God, the grace, love, and power of God, Jesus says, is in your midst. The grace, love, and power of God is is right here in this room. It is closer to us than even the wires in the walls. The grace, love, and power of God is not something we have to travel to. It's not something that just kind of waits for us at the end of life. No, the grace, love, and power of God, the kingdom of God is right here, Jesus says. It brushes past us like a breeze across our face." But life has its way, this remarkable ability of disconnecting us from this enveloping kingdom. We've got the heart, we've got the wiring, but life has its way of misplacing for us the adapter. You know what I'm talking about. It can happen at any moment in any day it can be something as simple as your calendar that is too busy and you have gotten distracted and you get preoccupied and you get overwhelmed at what life is throwing at you and you can not seem to find the adapter into the surrounding kingdom Or maybe life has thrown at you a curveball. You had every expectation that your life was going to go this way and now all of a sudden it is going that way and you get knocked off balance and all of a sudden your disappointment in that and your discouragement has made you, made it really hard for you to find that adapter to plug into the kingdom. Or maybe you look around you and you see a troubled world and you begin to wonder if the bad guys are winning and the good guys are losing. And the more you look at this troubled world, the more discouraged you get and you begin to wonder, you know, really, is there really anything out there at all? Is there anything to plug into at all? That all this kingdom of God stuff is kind of hooey. Life has all sorts of ways, doesn't it, of disconnecting us into this surrounding grace and love and power of God. Some 50 years ago, a book was published with the title, A Grief Observed. A Grief Observed. And it was a rather raw account by an apparent Christian leader who was talking about the intense grief that he experienced in the wake of his wife's death. This man, as it turned out, had waited nearly... 60 years to find the woman of his dreams. And just at the point when he had just given up possibility that such a woman had ever existed, sure enough, such woman entered into his life and he fell head over heels for her, fallen in love, married her, and as he married her, they discovered that she had contracted cancer and she died within a couple of years right before his very eyes and the grief was crushing, and even more so had disconnected him from the kingdom. He no longer felt God. How could could God, after all, give him love and then so quickly take it away? When this book, A Grief Observed, was published, it was published over the name N.W. Clerk, which turned out to be the pseudonym for another name C.S. Lewis, the great champion of the faith, the great defender of Christianity, but life had unplugged him and he had no adapter. When I was a boy, there was a girl at my school who was a little different. She was kind of big, kind of clumsy, kind of loud, just enough of all that to make her the butt of all of our jokes. There's nothing like a school playground to be either a place of play or a place of hostility. And for Julie Johnson, that's what I'll call her. For Julie Johnson, it was a place of hostility. Laughed at, scorned, pushed around, I have no idea what happened to Julie Johnson, but I can only imagine that somewhere on the Gordon Elementary School playground, she lost her adapter. She lost her ability to plug into the grace and power and love of God. Life does that sometimes. So we can sympathize, can't we, with this woman in our text this morning, this woman who had been afflicted with a condition, a menstrual condition, that left her suffering for Mark tells us 12 years. 12 years is a very long time and it's an even longer time when you live in first century Judea and the law of your religion says that your condition over which you've had no control your condition Renders you unclean, bad enough to have ill health, but now then to be unclean, ostracized by your own people, and for 12 years, nothing can be more disconnecting than that. So there is this wall between herself and her church, and she has no way in her mind to access the power. She has no way to access the rabbi, Jesus, the one that everyone's calling the great physician, because everybody was keeping her away. So she takes the audacious step and out of desperation, and at the risk of making the rabbi himself unclean, and at the horror of those who know her and have shunned her for 12 years, She reaches out on her own and tries to connect with the rabbi. Just to even touch the hem of his robe. And sure enough, the power comes. The healing comes. The life comes. And Jesus blesses her because Jesus knows what it's all about. He's here for the sake of the kingdom. He's here for her so that she would connect into the grace and love and power of God. And isn't that what Jesus brings to his hometown, Nazareth, in Mark chapter 6? He's seeking to bring the love and grace and power of God. But the Nazarenes, his own people, can't seem to connect. No deeds of power, Mark tells us, could be done there. Maybe they couldn't see past the little boy who used to run through their streets. Maybe they couldn't grasp what he was trying to say. Maybe it was their pride. But something disconnected them from the power. No deeds of power could be done in his hometown. Now, the truth of the matter is, we've all been there, right? We've all felt our disconnection, and even more, we are aware of a world that is full of folks who, for lots of good reasons, perhaps, have lost the connection. They have, they, they don't have to, you don't have to look long to see the research to tell us that we are living in that time and culture where more and more people confess to the fact that they have been disconnected from the church. The fastest growing segment in our society today, in respect to spirituality, are what they call the Nuns, N-O-N-E apostrophe S. The nuns. And the nuns are those who mark the box in the religious affiliation column. They mark the box none. No religious affiliation. Fastest growing part of the American population. And they're disconnected. And they, they can't find the adapter. Or maybe they don't even want to find the adapter. Now, the truth of the matter is, it has always been the mission of the church for 2,000 years, it has always been the mission of the church to be the adapter into the kingdom. The grace, love, and power of God come to be known through the connective life of the church. Everything we do, or everything we're supposed to do, is to serve as this adapter into the grace, love and power of God that is in our midst and to offer that adapter to other people. The last 50 minutes while you have been here have been a connecting point, right, into the presence of Christ. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we fill up that campus center across the way with with families, 95% of whom would never step foot on this campus otherwise, but they have found here in that tutoring ministry, they have found an adapter into the kingdom. From 10 until four, every day, the doors open to the food pantry and scores of people show up on our campus who wouldn't otherwise come onto our campus and find in these bags of groceries that we hand out, about one every 10 minutes, they find in these bags of groceries an adapter into the kingdom. The Samaritan Counseling Center housed on our campus is full of excellent therapists who provide affordable counseling to anyone who comes Anyone who's feeling like they're disconnecting from the kingdom of God, and in these wonderful people, they're finding finally the adapter. In our children's student and family ministry, kids and parents are finding safe places to come and be loved with God's grace. It's their adapter. In our Stephen ministry and grief support groups, people are being cared for in their deepest needs and finding in these good people the adapter into the love of God. My friend Joe Davis, who teaches in the garden, leads a ministry to at-risk kids in Sarasota. And these kids are coming to the garden now on Sunday morning because they find there an adapter. Our early childhood center is filled with families who wouldn't otherwise, again, come onto our campus, but they have found in our teachers an adapter into the kingdom in Kirkuk, Iraq, one of those towns right now that is surrounded by ISIS. And that little town is one of our mission partners, Pastor Haitham, who is leading an incredible Christian church and school, surrounded by ISIS. Many of those students are Muslim. But they have come to the love and grace and security of this little school because there's this adapter into the kingdom of God's power. Our dear friends who are going to Honduras to teach and to build and with every word and with every nail, they will be an adapter into the kingdom. Over the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing more about our next exciting chapter for Church at the Palms, constructing a new ministry center just south of us, calling it the Palm Center, a multi-purpose space for our whole church family through which to engage people of all ages, a variety of ministries, recreational, social, dining, music, exercise, Bible study, to create a space for people to make again their way onto our campus and find through this adapter the real grace and love and power of God. Because you know the truth is in this fast changing world where more and more folks count themselves as the nuns, we the family of God need to find more and more ways to be the adapters for the world that is hungry for love and grace and power. We do this because for years we've been saying that while we must care for our own people, while we must care for our seniors and our families, we must always pay attention to the disconnected we've said. Father Gregory Boyle is a Catholic priest who by fate and faith got assigned to serve a parish in East Los Angeles, the Dolores Mission Church. The Dolores Mission Church sits in the middle of one of the most dangerous parts of Los Angeles, a neighborhood occupied mostly by gangs. Hundreds of gang members die on the streets surrounding that church. And for much of its history, the church stood as a fortress against the ills, a fortress against all that surrounded it. But when Father Boyle arrived, he wondered whether instead of being a fortress, they could be an adapter. How does a homie, a homeboy, a gang member, how does such a person connect into the surrounding grace and love and power of God, the kingdom that surrounds him, and what could they do about it, Boyle began to ask, and that's when Father Boyle began what became to be called Homeboy Industries, a ministry of the parish for kids in gangs who wanted a way out. Homeboy Industries provides training, job skills, job placement, employment, addiction counseling for kids looking to connect to something greater into the love and power of God. As a result, thousands have found the adapter that they've been looking for and have received the baptism of the church and have made a way into a new life. And at one point, Father Boyle mentions in his book a book called Tattoos on the Heart. Remember that, Tattoos on the Heart. Go to Amazon when you leave here, preferably before you, my sermon, after my sermon ends. Tattoos on the Heart, he tells in that book, a former parishioner had come to town and he wanted to see his church, his childhood church. And he had remembered the fortress church. But he saw something very different when he came. Boyle writes, he sees gang members gathered by the bell tower. He sees homeless men and women being fed in great numbers in the parking lot. He sees folks arriving for AA and NA meetings and ESL classes. It's a who's who of everybody who was a nobody. Gang members, drug addicts, homeless, undocumented. The man says to the priest, you know, this used to be a church. And Boyle replies, you know, most think it's finally a church. The kingdom, Jesus said, is in your midst. And you know, I grew up seldom doubting that. I got lucky in the lottery of life because the cards in my life always stacked up for me and not against me. I plugged into the kingdom, I think, even before I was born. And I have a million people to thank for that. But you know, there are too many people, too many kids, too many parents, too many adults, too many Julie Johnsons, too many nuns, for whom life has pulled the plug and for a million reasons. And if there's anything I've ever felt I would be held accountable for in this world is whether somehow, some way, I was able to find for someone the adapter into the grace and love and power that is this close. The kingdom, Jesus says, is in your midst, surrounding you, breathing right past you. My kingdom, he says, my kingdom for an adapter.